if we don't surrender our hearts completely, then how can we receive from God? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 23 and 24. And I'm going to read this in the message. We're actually going to get a lot of the message today. It says, may God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole. So holy and whole meaning fit together. Make you holy and whole. Put you together, spirit, soul, and body. And keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. Now, if we take John and 1 Thessalonians and smash them together, it should give you the complete package in terms of how you should live as a believer. So, Lord, I'm going to give you all that I have so that I can receive all that you are. And I'm going to let you fill me up completely. I want you to make me holy, and I'm going to be whole in you. And because of that, then I will experience everything that you have for me. And I'm not going to hold anything back from you because, Lord, I know that you are dependable. And what you said for me is for me. And what you said you will do for me, you will do. And here's where the rubber meets the road. So many people will hold things back from God because simply they do not trust him. Now, you are trusting that very flimsily constructed chair that is holding your very well-toned body from hitting the ground more than you will trust God. See, because if you trust him completely, then you're free to do, free to go, free to hear, free to say whatever it is that he tells you to do because you have no agenda except for his. So what God wants from us today because he needs you, just like we saw in that video, yeah. to be the agents in which folks are brought back into the kingdom. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, and that's okay. But when you read in Matthew, it talks about the Great Commission. He wants you to bring more people into the family. Right. First John says it's the way that you live yeah. that shows other people who you are. Yeah. So let's just yeah. play this out to its conclusion. If you are a believer that does not believe, you are a believer that does not trust and you don't receive from God, how can you convince someone else to do the same thing? You can't. You yourself are the biggest billboard for Jesus Christ. In fact, you may be the only Bible that some people will ever come in contact with. Now, I read an article and I shared this with the pastor. It talks about the reason why people leave the church. He said, you know why? said, because the folks inside the four, building, four walls of the building don't look like the Jesus Christ that I read about in that Bible. Now, we said this last week. We are not going to get happy on this one. It's going to get really, really quiet. Because where we need to go is important that we understand this very foundation. Is that you were put here specific for one purpose. It's to bring God's kingdom out to every single person on this planet. That's the reason why he chose you. See, you being here is not by accident. It was by specific design. You were predestined to be here. So if he took all that time to make sure that you got here at this particular point, why would you not allow him to do what he wants to do with your life? See, so when we hold things back from God, namely ourselves and our heart, we are holding back everything that he has for you. 
Now let's just think, when Jesus hung on that cross and God poured out his entire wrath upon him, I mean anger, every single thing, every sin that could have been committed, God poured out on his son so that he could save your soul. He didn't hold anything back at that moment, did he? No, right? So, so, so that you could be redeemed from every single thing. He decided that you were worth it enough that I'm going to give all that I have so that you can receive all that I am. And until we really understand that point in our lives, you are doing yourself a disservice and you will never fully understand the love that God has for you if you don't allow him inside this heart right here and let him operate in you. He is begging and pleading for his special little creatures to actually get with his program so he can bring about greatness and goodness and his plan and purpose in this entire world. That's the purpose of the church. Now, last week we talked about you. We're going to talk about this church because ultimately this is a collective unit. You should be fishers of men. I'm almost certain somebody said that someplace. I'm pretty sure somebody did. Pretty sure. I didn't make that up. I'm pretty sure it's in there. We can go find it if you want. But that's your job. When you read about Jesus and his followers, it talks about Simon the Zealot. Now, he was a wild guy. He was a wild boy. Yeah, I mean, he, he was out of his mind. He would, there's a reason why they call him the Zealot. But some Bible scholars believe that he got that name because when he heard the call from Jesus Christ, he decided that nothing else was more important than following him by any means necessary. Now, I'm not asking you to be, you know, a zealot in terms of doing things destructively. But what I am asking for, what he is asking for, is for you to decide today that, you know what, the most important thing for me as a believer is to believe and do. We even said it today that we are not just hearers but doers of the word. Are you really? See, because if we really were doers of the word, then you would experience all that God has. All right, so let me me get back to where I was going. Because that's a little heavy, just for an introduction. So let's go to Matthew 28. And this is interesting. We kind of talked about this last week, but I really want to give you a little bit more. Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20 in the Message Bible. And this is important for a couple, a couple of reasons. It says, meanwhile, this is after he has been crucified and he has come back. It said, meanwhile, the guards had scattered. Wait, hold on. The 11 disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain Jesus had set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshiped him. Yes. So they're off to a good start. It's Jesus. They worshiped him. Some, though, held back not sure about worship and about risking themselves totally. Now, we're going to stop here for a minute. Now, it clearly shows who we're talking about, the 11 disciples, men who walked, talked, breathed, ate, hung out with Jesus himself. So it wasn't like they had to be convinced of who he was because they all saw him get crucified, and now he's back here. And still at this moment, they're still not sure, holding back because they don't want to put themselves out. 
It says right there. They're not ready to risk themselves totally. Now, as a church, we have folks that aren't ready to risk themselves totally. Because if you did, then it's easy to say, hey, come to church with me. Or it's easy to live a life where people can see the hand of God is moving in your life. Yeah. It's easy to say, you know what? It doesn't matter what's happening. That's right. Because I serve the most high God. Because yes. Yes. they don't care about anything else. They'll put themselves on the line to risk everything. Yes. Because in return, they'll gain everything. That's right. See, so what he's asking for today is someone who's willing to risk it all. Will you be a risk taker? Now, to be honest with you, it's not really that much of a risk if he's telling you that if you do this, I will take care of you. It's not really that much of a risk, right? If he says, ask and you shall receive, believe in me, and then you'll get. So he's clearly telling you what will happen if you decide to believe. So it's not really that much of a risk because you've already been informed of what the goal, what your prize will be. Right. Now, if I said, you know what, I want you to take a step off this building Uh-oh. without a safety net, now that's a risk, <laughs> right? Because I have not laid out any plans for your survival. <laughs> and if you had any sense, you probably wouldn't do it, right? Okay, good. At least, at least we agree on that part. Good, good, good. Thank God for that. But if Jesus himself says, hey, you know what? I took a hellacious beating for you. Said, my father disowned me for a little bit. Said, I went to hell just so you, dear child, could have the best of this life. All I want for you now is to trust me completely and to do what I ask. The simple question is, why would we not do that. Hmm. Hmm. And I think so many times is that the folks forget what, you know, what the church is actually supposed to be. Let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Well, you know what? Hold on for a second. Let me finish my point in Matthew real fast because there's something interesting here. After we talked about the unbelievers, or the downers that hung out with Jesus. Verse 18 says, Jesus was undeterred and went right on ahead without them. Now, this is Jesus Christ. Jesus and his hand-picked disciples. And at this point, he knew them well. And they still didn't believe. And he said, you know what? Dude, I've known you for a long time. And I've asked you to do a lot of things. And yet, you still won't believe. So you know what? I got to pass you by. See ya. I'm going to move on to the next guy. That might even be you. Because you may be willing to do. And you may be willing to do. And see, and this guy spent time with me. And he won't believe, so I'm going to go to the next person. Will you be the person that gets passed by? Or will you be the one that he finds willing to do? See, because it starts here with us first. See, because if we're willing to do and we risk it all for him, then he'll make sure that everything else is taken care of. When you read Matthew in Matthew 6 and it talks about seek me first. Yes, yes. His kingdom, his way of doing and being. So if you seek me first, all of these other things will be added unto you. 
and we talk about that specifically in terms of just living a prosperous life. But in actuality, what he is saying is, I want you to give me all that you have. And I want all that you are. And I don't want you to hold anything back because then I can take care of you. So many people are afraid to actually speak out or do those things that God is asking you to do because in your head, you don't know what the end result will be. See, because if I said, you know what? Now, I've talked to the Lord about this all and said, Lord, I'm not your guy to send out into the bush and talk to people about you. I'm not that guy. Like, I'm not your missions in Africa dude. I'm sorry, I love you, but I'm not that guy. He said, well, if you're going to put stipulations on what I'm asking you to do, then I can't work with you. I said, man. I'm like, okay. I said, and just because... I'm going to send you out there now anyway. Well, you may not or may not. But what we need to get to is said, Lord, you know what? It doesn't matter. I trust you completely. I'm willing to risk my personal reputation. I'm willing to risk my status. I'm willing to risk the things that I've collected, the things that have me. I'm, I'm willing to risk those things all for you. And when you do that, then... Matthew 6 and 33 comes into play with all of those other things being added unto you because you have your priorities straight and now you're willing to do his kingdom business so he'll take care of your natural business. But, you know, just something to think about. Just something to think about. You, you You could argue me down if you want, and that's fine. So let's go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And it says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witness unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world, earth. So everywhere else. When you read in Matthew, when he gave the Great Commission, it says, I want you to go out and preach this gospel everywhere. Yeah. Right here, it says, I'm going to give you help to do that, to fill you with power so you can perform just like I did, so you can move in this earth just like I did, so that you can speak locally and abroad. That's the purpose of the church. Not to line your pocket, not to make sure that your bank account is fat, but to make sure that you are bringing more people into the body of Christ. Now, you may not want to hear that because we like hearing about prosperity. We like hearing about flying around in jets and with the fancy cars. We like all of that. Trust me, I like it too. And there's no reason why you can't have all of that. But do you think he's more apt to help you get to that point if he knows that the private jet that he'll bless you with, you're going to take that time and reach everywhere? Or that large endowment of prosperity that you will use not for your own personal or lustful gain, but to bless your neighbor? or the guy down the street, or the person doesn't have. See, this Christian experience has been twisted and morphed into just whatever you feel like is good and it's okay, but actually that's not how it's supposed to be. It's you are a believer in God, in Christ Jesus, his son, crucified, to bring Jesus Christ to a dying world. That is the reason why he chose you. 
because you have a specific way to meet someone that I may not meet. That's the reason why it's not just the pastor's job to bring folks in. It's your job and my job. And yours and yours and yours and yours and yours. And so many times we just hold a little bit back and won't allow God to actually work in our lives because we don't trust him, we're not expecting anything from him, and in turn we don't receive from him. And we come in Sunday after Sunday and expecting something different when the change that needs to happen is you giving all that you have to him. Ellard Weddington uses this verse all the time. It says, cast all of your cares upon him because he cares for you. Not just a portion of you. He cares about all of you. And he wants to handle all of your life and everything that concerns you. So at some point in time, you actually have to let it go. Now, if Jack were in here, he would start singing that song. And, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're not going to do that. But that's what he's looking for. I say, you know, and I know it's not, um, you know, you're not going to tear the roof down and all that. But you have to understand that God wants this church to be filled. Yes. God wants this church to make an impact in the world. Yes. And he has to do that using you. Yes. You. You. Nice glasses, by the way. So I think it's high time that we decided to let God be God in our lives so that he can bring about his will in this earth. And then you can give him glory and praise and worship. Say, Lord, I thank you for allowing me to use me to accomplish your will here. Because there's no greater feeling in the world to say, Lord, you know what? Thank you because you chose me to do your work here. When I was little, people used to call me, hey, preacher, ever from the time I could remember. And you know what? I don't want to have anything to do with that. I ran pretty efficiently from that. Pretty good. Pretty good. He'll testify to that. He certainly will. Said, so, but, you know, my life didn't come into focus to receive from him until I actually started to yield and surrender and be submitted to him his plan, his will for my life. Yes. I'm going to have to separate you guys. So then I could receive from God. Yes. Now, some of you sitting in this room, and I, I almost would say all of you in this room have a specific assignment that some of you may not be executing 100%. I don't know what it is. And I'm not looking at anybody in here. But at some point, yes. you're going to have to use that gift that he gave you. That's right. Because there are souls at stake here. That's right. And I would hate for it to be an account of me that by the time I get to heaven, he said, you know what? Dude. Dude. The things I had for you. The things I wanted you to do. The people that you were supposed to touch. Didn't happen. Because you decided you wanted to be cool and not serve me. You decided it was okay to live a false lifestyle than to give completely to me. So now you'll get in, maybe. 
But why take the risk? But why take the risk? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I got nine minutes. I'm going to read these. Uh, I'm going to give you some scriptures, and I want you to read these on your own time. First Peter 2 and 9 talks about the purpose for God's church. First Peter 2 and 9 wants you to show forth praises. When you read First Peter 2 and 9, it talks about how you are a special little creature, royal priesthood, how he chose you specifically for this assignment. So you'll see a running theme all throughout the New Testament, how he had to get Jesus down here to set things in order. Then he needed to find special people. Yeah. He couldn't find special people, so he had to make them. Yeah. That's you. To do his will. Yes. So you, why would you not buy into his plan when he designed you specifically yes. as royalty to accomplish this goal in the earth? Huh. Romans chapter 8, verse 29 to 31 says that God wants you to share in his glory. He wants you to share in his glory. Now, I can only imagine what that actually would look like. If we decided to get all the junk out of our hearts and step into his plan and purpose for our lives, and then to actually share in God's manifested glory, where you walk everywhere and people can feel and see the hand of God moving in your life. Now imagine if you had one person that did that. Imagine if that half of the room did that. Imagine if that half and this half and the folks in the back don't want to forget about you, love you. If we all did that, what kind of an impact would happen if you have all of these people experiencing the manifested glory of God? We would be hard to handle. Yes. And he's just begging, begging, begging for folks to share in this glory. Said, you know what, Lord, I I didn't know it was that serious. Said, yeah, it's that serious. It's definitely that serious because you could experience my greatness. My glory could manifest upon you. you, But you don't want to pray anymore. Mm -hmm. But you want to be mean and evil people. You want to cuss folks out in your head. You want to not let people over. You want to be mean as a cuss and then try to come in here on Sunday and act like you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Said, so, you know what? Guess what? So it's not going to work, dude. But what he wants is for someone to move away from the norm and step in line to what he has for your life. Yes. Matthew 5 and 16 talks about preaching the gospel to the world. So does Mark 13 and 10 in the King James and in the Message Bible. Galatians 6 and 10 tells you to do good to all people. Said so now, that's tough and that's difficult. And we haven't even talked about 1 Corinthians 13, talking about loving folks. And I know that as believers, we just love to love people. Don't we? Don't we? Well, we're supposed to anyway. Said so... When you get some private study time, I want you to think about those verses. I want you to really read them, meditate on them, and hear what God has to say to you about those. 
1 Peter 2 and 5 talks about building a spiritual house as the church, where you yourself are a spiritual house in which the very presence of God will dwell. You, you, the believer, becomes the spiritual church. So why would we not do that? Matthew 5 and 25, and I want you to read this because it's quite telling. Matthew 25. I'm sorry, I gave Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to start in verse 34. And I'm going to read this to you in the Message Bible. Then the king will say to those on his right, Enter, you who are blessed by my father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation, and here's why. I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was homeless, and you gave me a room. I was shivering, and you gave me clothes. I was sick, and you stopped to visit. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then those sheep are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you drink? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? Then the king will say, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked and ignored, that was me. You did it to me. Huh. Doing all those things. But verse 41 says, then he will turn to the goats. Now, I don't want to be called a goat. And this, this is the, uh, the requirements for a goat. The goats are the ones on his left who go out worthless goats. You're good for nothing but the fires of hell. And why? Because of this. I was hungry and you gave me no meal. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was homeless and you gave me no bed. I was shivering and you gave me no clothes. Sick and in prison you never visited. Then those goats are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry, thirsty, homeless, shivering, sick, or in prison and didn't help? He will answer them, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you fail to do one of these things to someone who was being overlooked or ignored, that was me. You failed to do it. Then those girts will be herded to their eternal doom, but the sheep go to their eternal reward. Now, that's a lot to read. That's a lot to hear. And the reason why I want you to hear all this is because the purpose of the church is not to preach to the choir. The purpose of the church is to speak to all of those folks that he just listed there. How are you, as a believer, going to say, ew, I'm not talking to that person because of where they live or where they come from? As if you have a right to judge who gets into the kingdom of heaven. When your job is to speak the word, be an example of God in this earth to every single person. Now, you may not deliberately say, you know what, I'm going to walk past this guy who clearly could need some help. You may not deliberately say, I'm not going to give the charity. You may clearly say, you know what, I have all good intentions, but don't live out to that. That makes you a goat. You know what happens to goats? They get destroyed. Maybe, just maybe, we're not receiving all that God has for us because he looks at you as a goat and not a sheep. He said, maybe I can't lead you to the place that you should go. 
Maybe you're stubborn like a goat. Maybe you just keep pulling away and won't give all. So now I, I got I to push it to the side. I'm sorry. See, because all the things that are required of a believer, you wouldn't do. That's basically what this chapter is saying. You won't do all the things that are required. You won't be good-hearted. You won't speak kind. You won't, you, won't, you won't love. You won't take care of your brother. You have a personal agenda. And because of that, I can't use you. So I'm going to move on past you. You are now a goat, and you are no good to me. So, Lord, I don't want to be a goat today. I don't want to be a goat at all. Lord, I want your house to be filled, and I want to be the guy that helps that happen. I want to be the lady that helps that happen. Lord, I don't want to ever be in a position where I hold anything back from you, so then you hold back from me. No, I don't want that. What if God decided to not answer your prayers? What if he turned a deaf ear? We said his ear always hears. Always. The Bible says all of God's promises are yes and amen. All of them. For you. The person that won't believe. The guy that holds something back. He still wants to do for you. He's just waiting for you to surrender. Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events. 